This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Anthem. Nothing personal word of the day. Thursday, February 11th, 2021 is anthem as in, oh, say, can you see? The national anthem is front and center. God, we've talked about the national anthem so much on Nothing Personal. Do you kneel? Do you not kneel? Do you get in trouble for kneeling? Should you kneel? What does it mean when you kneel? Are you against the military or veterans when you kneel? Are you trying to bring attention to systemic, systemic racism and racial inequality? What do you do? Do you stay in the locker? Do not stay in the locker. Anthem. Why is it back in the news? Because Coca. Again, if you're new to nothing personal, Coca is the producer. That's his job. The producer's job is to make the show good. I am merely a wind up doll. He winds me up each day. And for 45 minutes, you know the wind-up toys that you wind and you wind and you wind and you wind? And then as they're sort of chirping along, they unwind and unwind. And then once the winder is unwound, that's it. That's the end. Well, that's what happens after 45 minutes. Minutes, I get unwound. So I said to Coca during our pregame, we, we basically prepare a show together. And then we go through and then things get cut. Things get added. We come to an agreement and we do a show. And when then we release it to you exactly as it is, no edits. When I make mistakes, there are mistakes. By the way, I made a mistake already yesterday. And all you have to do is tell me about a correction and I'll correct it on the next day's show or whenever you tell me. We were talking about quarterbacks being traded as an example yesterday and all the insanity of quarterbacks being asked to get traded. And I said, Drew Brees is an example of a quarterback who got traded back in the day from the Chargers to the Saints. I was wrong. Drew Brees was a free agent when he left the Chargers and signed with the Saints. So I appreciate you giving me that correction. And that is true. I love the fact that I'm wrong and it shows you that I don't edit stuff out. So Coca said to me yesterday, we're not talking about Mark Cuban and the national anthem. No one cares. It's not necessary. And by the way, what's your view of it? And that's sort of how we make a show where we talk about our views of different subjects and we say, this is interesting. This has a chance to be educational, entertaining. Let's do it. And it's a snoozer. Cuban not playing the anthem. No one cares. No one's talking about it. Last night, he sends me a text. Hey, we should probably talk because it turns out that the anthem may be a segment. 
So not only did we agree in honor of Coca missing the boat yesterday that we were going to cover the anthem, we agreed to make it the word of the day. Anthem. Not only is it the word of the day, but also, what is it, Coca? You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. It's an early, so I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get on Twitter at David P. Samson. It's in honor of the movie Half Baked, where everybody wants to talk to Samson. Get on Twitter and ask a question, and maybe we'll talk about it. So here it goes. I'm sure you will talk about it on today's or tomorrow's show. But please talk about Cuban not playing the anthem. I'd love your thoughts on whether this is a good idea or not. Thank you. Good question. All right, Coca, strap it on and get ready. By the way, speaking of strapping it on, did you see the news today? Big news in the business world. When I was in college, I used to eat Hormel chili all the time because that's what you'd have, right? You'd get by cans. I had a can opener, the manual can opener that you have to attach well to the Hormel chili can and you twist it and it opens. You pour it in a saucepan. I think you add a little water as I recollect. You make it hot and you've got yourself a hearty meal. Hormel chili just spent three point three billion dollars. No, they're not getting a sports team. They are buying from Kraft Heinz cheese curls, cheese balls, and nuts. Planters. Anyway, strap it on, Coca. We're talking about the anthem. Here's what happened. Out of nowhere, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, stopped playing the national anthem prior to Mavericks games at American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. People really weren't noticing because there were no fans in the stands. And it was not a big story until a couple of days ago when Mark Cuban was asked and said, yes, we've decided that we are no longer going to play the national anthem. And that got attention and it got attention quickly. Let's go in order with how that works when an owner does something radical and he does it on his own. In this day of social media where everything comes out quickly, and we're going to talk about it later in the show, we're going to talk about the Marlins and what happened with their GoFundMe page, etc. But Mark Cuban makes an announcement and it comes out on Twitter and he confirms it that they're not playing the anthem and he's not going to play the anthem at all. In the commissioner's office, word gets to the commissioner in about 12 minutes. And here's what happens during those 12 minutes. People in the social media department, because the commissioner's offices have a social media department, they are monitoring social media. It's part of the PR department. They are, have as follow, they follow all team owners who are on Twitter or Instagram. They follow team presidents. They follow certain of the big name players. And then they split up amongst the other people in the department. Who's going to follow whom? Because what used to be back in the day before social media is there were people in the PR department and they did something called the clips. Clips means media clippings. Literally what people in the PR department used to do is they would go through articles 
And whatever was relevant to the team is they would clip it, literally clip it from the newspaper, copy it, and then make a book, if you will, each day and distribute it to the employees and the owner so that they could see what was being written about them or written about their sport or anything relevant. They're still called the clippings, but now, of course, everything's done online and shared through email. We used to have a, a clip distribution list where it was an honor to be on the distribution list because you were given the clips every single day. So you didn't have to go through the paper, yada, yada, yada. Now, there are people in real time who see what's happening. They don't wait to do clips once a day. It is done constantly throughout the day. The 12-minute delay between Cuban saying they're not doing the anthem and Adam Silver being told about it is that the PR person in the commissioner's office or the intern or the manager reads it, goes to his, her, or their supervisor, says, I think we got a situation here, but what's your view? He then or she or they go to the boss and say, listen, Mark Cuban is doing something. And Mark Cuban, of course, gets a lot of attention from the NBA, a very highly fined owner, a very um, outspoken owner. So there's already a level of sensitivity when Cuban does something, a knowledge that Cuban may have higher aspirations than just owning the Mavericks, which I think is pretty clear. He likes the Hollywood part of his life. He likes the political part of his life. He likes the ownership part of his life. The decision is then made, we got to go to Adam on this. We got to go to the commissioner. So you go to the commissioner's head of PR, who's like in the commissioner's inner circle and say, this is all within 12 minutes. Cuban has somehow said he's not playing the anthem. Adam Silver sees it, reads it, speaks to his deputies, his head of PR and says, number one, get me Cuban on the phone. Number two, we're going to have to do a release. We're going to have to make a statement because we cannot allow this to take place. Adam Silver doesn't speak to any other owners. He doesn't get a consensus. He doesn't have a meeting. He doesn't have a call. He knows very clearly you don't screw with the anthem. You, that's the third rail. Then Adam Silver gets told that Stan Van Gundy's gone public and agreed with Mark Cuban. And Adam Silver says, we're not responding to Stan Van Gundy. He's a coach for the New Orleans Pelicans who stink, by the way. I cannot believe we lost that pick, Coco. We'll get to that later. Screw that. I'm getting to it now. I'm pissed. I'm watching the game. No one told me that Anthony Davis wasn't on the Pelicans. No one told me that Jordan is not on the Bulls anymore. I feel like that's information I'd like to have known before doing the Pelicans over the Bulls. We're now 17 and 16, by the way, in the nothing personal pick of the day because the Bulls beat the Pelicans. They crushed them. I don't know what's going on with Stan Van Gundy. I think he needs to spend a little more time worrying about his team and a little less time worried about all the other issues. And I don't mind that he comments on the other issues, but I got to tell you, your team stinks and you've got one of the top 10 players in basketball. I think we got to go back to the uh, Blazers today. I don't know why they're getting five and a half at home. I was looking at that game. They're getting five and a half at home versus the Sixers. There's no doubt the Sixers have been playing way, way better. They are a force in the Eastern Conference, finally, with Embiid. There's finally a way that Doc Rivers has them playing, which is a way that Brent Brown never could get them to do. There's some sort of symbiotic kumbaya going on in that clubhouse now that Doc Rivers is definitely a part of. Maybe Daryl Morey's a part of. There's no doubt that the Sixers have a premium on them 
which is interesting to me. I'm not sure, though, that that premium allows for five and a half over the Blazers. I'm just not sure. So I'd rather take the points. Blazers plus five and a half. We're 17 and 16. We are risking falling back to 500 here in the middle of February because Jordan beat Davis last night. So Adam Silver ignores Stan Van Gundy. Adam Silver then says, we need to have a comment. He calls his PR guy and says, I need a statement. And the statement needs to say that we are not permitting teams to decide on their own whether or not the anthem will be played. This is a league-wide decision. This is when the league acts like Republicans. Remember, Republicans are for, uh, excuse me, 3-2-69. This is when the league acts like Democrats. And they say, we are big government. We will decide for the states what they're going to do. Republicans let the states decide what they're going to do when they want smaller federal government. Democrats want larger federal government, leaving less room for the states to act. In this case, the teams are the states and the commissioner's office is the federal government. And Adam Silver said, uh-uh. we are the federal government. We will tell you what we're going to do. So, And they had it released, interestingly enough, by the chief communications officer, Mike Bass. They did not have Adam Silver himself attached to the release. Remember, on a previous Nothing Personal, I hope that you were listening. If you're new to the show, we did a segment, many segments, on the importance of the decision of what name is attached to a release. That takes thought and decisions by the president of a team who is going to stand behind the statement. Sometimes, like in the case of the Los Angeles Angels, I think I just did something bad. Coca, can you still hear me? Are we still on the air? Something just fell and crashed, and I have no way of knowing if we can be heard. Hello? Hello? Hold on. Coca. Coca, Coca, can you hear me? Can you, Coca, can you hear me in my ear? Can you see me? Okay. All right. 10, 26, 69. The Angels had a, uh, a release when the Angels were in trouble, and sometimes it's their spokesperson, sometimes it's their GM. Everybody chooses who they're going to do. We had our owner announce good things. We had our GM announce bad things, and we had me announce everything else. So Chief of Communications, Head of PR, Mike Bass, says the following. With NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into their arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with longstanding league policy, period, close quote, end of story, done. This makes the news. This isn't just sports news. This is making national news. The head press secretary during a briefing in the White House was asked about this. The national anthem is a story that transcends sports. When the national news covers it, when the networks cover it who don't often cover sports, you know it's a crossover story. Why? Because the national anthem has been weaponized. Your view of your country, your level of patriotism is now judged on whether or not you stand for the national anthem. It's never been a question of whether a team will play the anthem. I went through this. I worked for the Expos for two years. We played two anthems every home game. We played the Canadian anthem and we played the American anthem. Now, when the Expos played the Blue Jays, we only had to play one anthem, by the way. 
when we were on the road, every single team played the Canadian anthem and the national anthem, the U.S. anthem. The feeling in sports always was there's nothing to talk about. This is the way it is. When I'm running a team, that's the one thing I don't want to hear. Don't tell me we do something because that's the way we've always done it. Don't tell me that we can't do something because we've never done it before. What is the reason the national anthem is played before a sporting event? We know from the NBA they don't want to get into it because their quote was, it's a longstanding league policy, which is code for that's the way it's been done in the past, and that's the way we're going to keep doing it. I want you, Adam Silver, to put your name on the statement, and I want you to tell us why we play the anthem. I want you to explain the history of the anthem. I want you to explain why the anthem is cut for national uh, sporting events. It's not the full poem by Francis Scott Key. Why do we do what we do? Here's what I always thought. I always thought that sporting events were more than just sporting events. I viewed them as community events. I viewed them as a way where people in your community were getting together under a common thread. And I talked about this actually during my dad's memorial service when I gave a eulogy this past week. I talked about something that he was really good at and that was finding the commonality of difference. The commonality of difference is when you are able to look at a group of people who are polar opposites or just slight opposites, and you are able to find a thread of common interest or common goal, or generally just a thread of commonality. And you are able to explain to people why their differences are valid, why they are okay, why they are sometimes even positive for the product or the business or the family, but that the commonality that we all share can sometimes be the differences that we have. And that is a great community lesson. And that is something that makes our country our country. The ability to be different. The ability to have different beliefs and express those beliefs. That is number one in our Constitution. The freedom to be different. And... What our country represents through the Constitution, through the Declaration of Independence, through the Bill of Rights, through everything that's happened since our country was founded, the test that our democracy suffered through on January 6th, the result that has happened since then, all of that is a positive in terms of not, not storming the Capitol. That's not a positive. Not violence. That's never a positive. The expression intellectually through intellectual discourse of your difference. Sporting events to me are a microcosm of that. You've got fans of one team. You've got fans of another team. You've got an event where there's going to be a winner and a loser by definition. Forget the ties in football or in soccer. Forget the fact that just forget ties for a minute. There's going to be a winner and a loser. You say, you say the national anthem and sing it 
because you are respecting the very place where the event is taking place. I always found it interesting when countries that have no freedom play their anthem and celebrate the fact that there is no freedom. They're celebrating the fact that they live in a dictatorship. We celebrate the fact that we live in what I still believe is the greatest country in the world. What Mark Cuban was saying, and in my opinion, way off base, he was saying, I listen. And I've spoken to people in our community who believe the national anthem doesn't represent them and their beliefs and that their voices are not being heard. And I want their voices to be heard. And I respect the fact that that song does not represent all their voices. Therefore, we're not going to play it. That's Mark Cuban's point of view. There is no small irony here. This is the same Mark Cuban who only two years ago gave $10 million, lest we forget in 2018, $10 million to quote unquote women's causes because he was investigated. His company was crushed for workplace misconduct, sexual harassment, and misogyny. They fired their head of HR. They fired their team president. They were investigated and had to change the entire corporate culture. They hired a head of diversity and inclusion. Women who worked for the Mavericks were getting crushed. They weren't getting promoted. They weren't getting paid. They were getting sexually harassed. Mark Cuban played innocent. The most involved owner had no idea what was going on in his company. We talked about it before. Now, as part of that, he remembers. He's now reaching out and saying, give me your voice. Ah, you think the national anthem. So here's my question to the nothing personal listeners. Quick, tell me. Oh, say, can you see? Go through the entire anthem. Do you know what it's about? Do you know whether or not it is critical towards certain people? Do you know whether or not it is inclusive? Do you only know that what it represents is the country and if the country wants to change the anthem or change what gets sung, the Pledge of Allegiance, America the Beautiful, the Star Spangled Banner, then that is something that could be done legislatively, judicially, the executive branch, the people we elect. But Mark Cuban said, I'm doing it because all of a sudden I listen to all of you. Nope. It's not going to happen that way, Mark. You're not going to fool us here on Nothing Personal. We know that what you're trying to do is make up for what has existed in your company and that you've got a higher political and social and economic agenda. And we know that you want to be on the forefront because you believe that by being on the forefront this day and age, by being the wokest of the woke, that that will benefit you and your business. To not have made this decision in concert with your league is a reason why you are not an owner in baseball. The lone wolf state that you represent in Dallas is not good for the sport. And this is not me telling you that you're wrong to go into the community and listen to voices. I want you to do that. But what do you do with the information you glean? How do you change? the prejudices that people feel by definition. 
It's not by stopping to play the national anthem. What exactly is that going to benefit? Who does that benefit? Oh, my voice is being heard because they stopped playing the anthem. It's not the case. So the NBA quickly said, we're back to the anthem. And so they are. Thank you for the So You Want to Talk to Samson. We now get to move on to another Miami Marlins story where there was a major miscommunication. Why is it that people, and not everybody, some people on Twitter have this feeling that I am out to get Derek Jeter. You have it backwards. He's the one who monitors my social media. He's got people who work for him. His head of PR is an especially avid follower, listens to every Levitard show, every nothing personal, every tweet, every everything. Thanks for the follow, by the way, JL. I appreciate that. And the fact is, I'm so far under their skin. They're so angry simply because they decided to pay a price for a team that wasn't worth that price. And they're mad at me. But I don't know why. I didn't make you wire the money. I didn't make you close the deal. That was your decision, not mine. Yesterday was another example of loyalty that former Marlins employees and some current, but there aren't many left because he's gotten rid of all the employees who were there when I was there. There is still some loyalty, plenty of it, Derek, in the community, in the business community, the employees. They know what kind of family organization Jeffrey Loria led. They know the way we took care of employees, the way we felt about them. They know that I would rather cut the payroll by a few million dollars than cut people's salaries. They know that we'd rather give bonuses at all times to employees because an extra 500 or five grand or 10 grand or one grand is going to make a bigger difference. And if you add up all of the bonuses, you basically can just not sign a utility player and you can change lives. I was not critical of Derek Jeter one time for furloughing employees during the pandemic. If I had been running the Marlins, it would have been a very tough decision, but keeping minor league managers and hitting coaches and pitching coaches and strength coaches and scouts and people who had no job to do, there were no games. They would have been furloughed. By definition, furlough means you are telling them, you know what furlough is. It's happened during the pandemic. It's a nightmare. We don't have any work for you to do. We'll get back to you when there's more work to be done. And employers have used it as a sword, not a shield. They've used it to then get rid of positions or employees they had been trying to get rid of, but couldn't because they were old or because they were white or because they were women or because they were black or because they were brown, brown or orange or red. To me, that was standard operating procedure during the pandemic. When Rob Manfred said the season will go on, the minor league season will go on, then you bring back your player development people and your scouts. All of a sudden, I got texted to me yesterday a GoFundMe page, a GoFundMe page with the Marlins logo on it, whose purpose was to raise $20,000 to pay for people and help employees of the Marlins in player development and in scouting. I knew immediately that there was an issue. I tweeted it out and I said, this is going to be removed once MLB gets to Jeter because I figured MLB would get to Jeter faster than Gary Denbo or anyone else in the organization. And I knew that once MLB saw this, which they would from the tweet, they would immediately take it down because it is embarrassing. It is the wrong message. It is an improper use of the logo. 
and MLB cannot be seen as needing GoFundMe. Bruce, they cannot be seen as an owner needing GoFundMe. And I never said Bruce Sherman needed to get 20 grand from all of you, including Don Mattingly and their bench coach to pay for people who had been furloughed. If Bruce Sherman doesn't have the 20 grand, he can sell the team. If Derek Jeter doesn't have the 20 grand, he can just say, we don't have the 20 grand. We're not bringing you back. Derek Jeter didn't know this was happening. I think someone below Derek Jeter knew it was happening. The person who did the GoFundMe was the lower level player development employee who I wonder whether will be fired. If he is protected by Denbo, then he will not be fired because Denbo is basically running the Marlins show. So we will find out soon who is going to take the fall. My guess is it is like the video director for the Red Sox that this man in player development will lose his job, even if he had been directed to put up the GoFundMe page. He was trying to do something right, but was doing it in the wrong way. Somehow I get lopped in as me being bitter toward Jeter and trying to bring him down. I don't need to bring down Jeter. He's doing it himself. I have nothing to do with whether Jeter will get his contract extended when it runs out in two years. I have nothing to do with whether or not Bruce Sherman and the other owners need to sell the team or need to raise the payroll, lower the payroll, or trade this player or trade that player. That's not my job any longer. I merely give you information and then let you decide. When I tweeted out that the Marlins logo, because it was officially the Marlins logo, officially done by an employee of the Marlins, this was not a fan site. When I tell you that the Marlins have done something and that Jeter likely doesn't know about it because if he did, he wouldn't have allowed it because he knew. He may not know how to run a team, but he certainly knows how to handle his own PR. I was not being bitter toward Derek Jeter at all. I was telling you what was going to happen and we waited and we saw and it happened. Teams have been furloughing employees nonstop. I hope that ends soon because it's impacted a lot of people. All right, we come back. We've got some more Texans news that we're going to get to go with. I watched an Owen Wilson movie and Selma Hayek movie on Amazon, which we're going to review. And we've got some news out of New York. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425, right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. <laughs> Coke and I bring you nothing personal every day. We appreciate that you download and subscribe. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You've made Nothing Personal the number one baseball podcast on Spotify. We are not just a baseball podcast, though we appreciate the ranking. We go through all sorts of sports, all sorts of concepts, business, politics, entertainment, Baseball, sports, everything. We review movies too. Amazon has a movie that is part of Amazon Prime that has been promoted greatly on Twitter, at least on my feed. You know, the algorithms, by the way, of what gets promoted. Is anyone else sick and tired of having a conversation about a product or a thing and all of a sudden there's an ad on your Instagram or, an, or a Twitter promoted tweet about that very topic or a Facebook ad? You're going to tell me that your phones aren't listening to you? There is nothing more valuable than targeted advertising. There's, it's the single most valuable, valuable commodity in the world, better than Bitcoin and gold and silver and cash. When you can target an advertisement, you have found a way to maximize your profit margin. And believe me, that, is the God that we all worship. So there's a movie that came out on Amazon and it was promoted to me and told I need to watch it with Owen Wilson, who I love, whether it's Wedding Crashers or I can't go through his whole filmography. There's so many of them. And Salma Hayek, who I loved in The Hitman's Bodyguard. I've loved her in Savages, by the way with Blake Lively and Aaron Taylor Johnson and Benicio Del Toro. I just, it, it, it can't miss. I had no idea what the movie's about because you know how I am. I do not, under any scenario, read a review or watch a trailer when it's someone I see or it's getting Oscar attention or it's nominated or it's got actors who I want to have, in, uh, have me see movies. It's why I watched The Fundamentals of Caring with Paul Rudd. I'm gonna watch Bliss. So here's what it's about. It's inception. There's reality, then there's a fake reality, and then there's a faker reality. It's hard to know exactly what level they're in other than they have to take a pill to go from reality to reality. And then they have a way to get back and they're being chased and they're homeless, but they're rich, but they're doctors, but then they're homeless. They've got kids. They don't have kids. They may have kids. I've got a kid. No, I don't. Yes, I do. I care. No, I don't. Owen Wilson, it's very unclear what level of reality he's ever in. I was confused and the title bothered me. The view is that you are in bliss 
maybe wherever you are, whatever level you're in. Maybe bliss is only found at a certain level when you're not homeless and dirty with bad teeth. Do you know what they did? And that bothers me, by the way. At the lower homeless level, they messed up his hair and gave him bad teeth because they can't afford dentists when you're living in a tent city. But when you're a rich doctor, you can afford a dentist. You've got good teeth and you slick your hair back. The irony is Owen Wilson is all of his movies, his hair is sort of shaggy, like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's not it, Coco. The one with the dog, Mr. Mistopheles. No, it's uh, some welcome back Cotter or Mr. Marley, Mr. Marlins, Marley and me. I was going to get there, Coca. I was going through the Rolodex. Do you ever do that in your head where a Rolodex is a thing that if you're younger, you don't know what it is, but it used to be that we'd exchange business cards. You would take the business card, you would staple it into a Rolodex on your desk and you would, you would alphabetize them and you'd flick through your Rolodex. And by flicking through your Rolodex, you would find the card and that's how you'd call someone and that's how you'd have their number. So on your landline, you could call that person and leave a message or, or speak to an assistant and try to reconnect. And that was the only way. There was no texting, there was nothing. So my brain is very much that Rolodex. I used to have all these Rolodexes. My brain goes through all the different cards until it settles on the one that's right. And sometimes it never gets there and that's when I need corrections. So why is this movie called Bliss? I couldn't tell you. I just couldn't because it didn't seem blissful to me. Okay. The Houston Texans. Hey, thank you, Houston. They are cleaning house. It normally doesn't make big news when a 20-year president loses his job. I mean, why would that be newsworthy? Why would anyone care when the president of a team for 18 years gets shit-canned? I don't think it matters. <laughs> well, it does. Jamie Roots, a 20-year veteran of the Houston Texans in many positions, resigned as Texans president yesterday. It got me thinking what would have to happen during my career that would cause me to resign. So let me tell you in no uncertain terms what a res resignation means and why anybody with a contract would not resign. When you resign, you are stepping away from doing the job that you are under contract to do. You are saying, I no longer want to perform the services that you are paying me to perform, whether it's because I'm not able to, whether it's because I don't want to, whether it's because it's a random Thursday, whether the sky is blue or it's snowing or it's raining men, hallelujah. None of that matters. If you resign, you do not get paid. If you are fired, you do get paid. Now, we've talked about termination for cause, termination without cause, the lawsuits that can take place when you are terminated for cause, which means your employer doesn't want to pay you what is left on your deal, but wants to get rid of you. When you hear a manager or a president or a general manager resign in baseball, football, basketball, never in the history of this great Earth has a sports team president resigned without being told they're about to be fired. We're going to help you from a PR standpoint. We are going to let you resign. But of course, that was before nothing personal was around. 
and now you can't fool me. The Texans are cleaning house the same way the Pirates did, the same way many teams do when there's lack of success, when they want to show their franchise quarterback that they are going to change everything, including things that don't even impact Deshaun Watson, things that he wouldn't even know or care about. We're starting over. What made Jamie Roots agree to this resignation? Nothing. He didn't agree to it. He got fired. I would take any negative attention for Jeffrey Laurie, the owner of the team, because that was my job. And that's part of the job of any president. I would never resign unless I did something that I did, not that I was asked to do, that I did that was would rise to the level of bringing shame and embarrassment to either the owner or the community. I would resign if there were a principle that I believed in so much that if our team violated that principle and there was going to be no cure to that, that I could not continue. If our owner were racist or sexist or a misogynist, I would not want to be associated. But of course, our owner wasn't. There would have to be something so major to get me to ever resign my position. Losing games? No. Trading players? No way. Fire sales? No. Signings that didn't work out? No. Arguments with employees? Lawsuits from employees who felt they were wrongly terminated? No. Inability to get a stadium and then an ability to get a stadium? Getting shamed because of getting public money? No. Let, let me think, Coca. Is there anything? Other than, no, no, there's not. Why is it that someone would choose and how do they choose their principles? And when does the ego of a job and the financial security that a job provides, when do you stop subjugating your principles and say it's too much? I won't do this anymore. People ask themselves that question every day. There's general unhappiness in the workplace, right? People don't like their bosses. People say they're paid too little for the job they're asked to do. People can disagree with the general platform that certain companies have. You're not resigning your position anytime soon. The Texans and their ability to clean house is so transparent that they're trying to genuflect in the direction of one of the top four quarterbacks in the National Football League that it went all the way to the top. And the irony is nothing personal fans. The person who Deshaun Watson wants to see gone is McNair. Not Roots. But owners will never fire themselves. Wait to see is when we talk about something, we say something's going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But we will revisit it. We always do. I want to talk about something that came out yesterday, and it's part of my wait to see. The mayor, not the mayor, 
69, 68, 67. Hi, this is David Sampson. We do wait to see on nothing personal every day. The governor of New York, Mario Cuomo, son, Andrew. <laughs> did you, did, was that smooth, Coca? Did I possibly get through that? Oy, oy, oy. I grew up, Mario Cuomo was the governor of New York. Now it's Andrew Cuomo. I should know that. But I think Cuomo, I think Mario. The son of Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, announced yesterday that New York would now be allowed, get ready, New York would now be allowed 10% capacity at sporting events. He said it worked so well in Buffalo when they had 7,000 people watching Buffalo in the playoffs. It worked so well that we're extending it. The New York Mets, New York Yankees, way to go, you're at 10%. Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, way to go. You're at 10%. What did he say about the New Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets? I'm just curious. Because they're called the New York Jersey, the New York Jets, the New York Giants, but they actually play in Jersey. How quickly will New Jersey and Connecticut follow suit? Why does he think the 10% is the number? And how quickly will that grow? You have to realize that when you own a team, you have direct access to a governor. As an ordinary schnook, I never had access to governors. All of a sudden, I can speak to Charlie Crist or Rick Scott or any governor, any politician, any senator. Hi, I'm president of the Marlins. That gives you immediate cachet, not earned. Being the president was earned after a while, but certainly not. But politicians love Love, love, love sports executives, talking to them about sports because it reminds them of when they were young and what they always wanted to be. Ironically, I always wanted to be in politics. I think it may be too late, Coca, but maybe not. Would you be my chief of staff, Coca? Would you run a campaign for me? Never say never, Coca. Never say never. So Cuomo is getting calls. And the calls go something like this. Help me. Help me. Help me. We'll make it safe. We'll test everyone. Everyone will wear masks. They'll all sit in pods. We need their money and we need it. Akshav, we need it now. You got to change the rules. By the way, the ordinary pizza place on the corner, the ordinary small business, which has no capacity, no indoor dining, and just starting now, we'll worry about them later. But for sports teams, gosh, dog it, dang it, ding. We're going to have 10% capacity. It's a lot of pressure Cuomo had, and I get it. Guess what's going to happen? Here is the way to see. Every MLB stadium. 29 for 29, because I don't think it's going to happen in Canada. I don't even think the Blue Jays are going to play in Canada. We're going to have to address that later. The border's closed, and it's not opening up anytime soon. 29 out of 30, wait to see, major league facilities will allow capacity of 10% to start the season or greater. That is my promise to you because the commissioner, the owners, the governors, the local municipalities recognize we must restart the business of sports because it is a driver in our communities. Here's how the call went from Andrew Cuomo to Steve Cohn. You got 10%. It's just business. Sorry, small businesses and restaurants, it's nothing personal.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.